You're listening to a Rock Candy podcast. You are now entering Magnified Studios. Welcome. Coming to you from Magnified Studios, Magnified Pod presents It's Hard to Find a Podcast. Covering your favorite indie bands from the 90s Christian alternative scene. Put your tape decks on record. I'm Andrew. I'm John. And this is our podcast. Woo. Woo. Uh, yeah, so we got a guest on today. We got our, our boy Joel Hank Hartsey. That's right. Uh, coming on a little bit later. Um, had a great conversation with him. But... I'm going to crack open beverage. I already had a beverage mm-hmm. during our interview with Joel, but yes, it has been, it, it's been, it's been, it's cracking open. Uh, I'm cracking open a cerveza, Ooh. a Pacifico, Ooh. Hey. which is Refreshing. One, of my, one of my summer jams. That's right. I feel like I saw you drinking something a little brown over there. Yeah. It's a, uh, you know, had a, been a tough uh stretch for your boy and uh surpassed bypassed uh beers to crack open and and cracked open that whiskey tonight so Mm. poured a big one shout out to uh journeyman distillery where i got this particular whiskey very tasty shout out to Um, michigan journeyman can't go wrong can't go wrong (laughs) On the, the, it has been that kind of week for sure. <laughs> on that Michigan West Coast with breweries and distilleries abound, but Journeyman yeah. is, is great. Yes. Anyway. Anyway, we're not going to waste any time uh, this episode. We're just going to dive right into some voicemails. Yes. We have a voicemail line, 872-762-4763, 8727-MAC-POD. Um, or you can be like some folks and send us a voice memo and email it to us, uh, magnifiedpod at gmail.com. So we have, ooh, Jason from L.A. It's been a while. Yo, guys, it's Jason from L.A. Just to want you guys to know, I've really been enjoying this season. Uh, you guys mentioned a little bit before how it's been a different, uh, maybe listening-wise, people listening to it. I've enjoyed it. Uh, keep on forgetting the call. Just been a lot going on in my life uh, with my ex and my daughters and stuff. But uh just had to mention that you guys doing Driver 8, man, that was not even left field. That was like the bleachers coming from the bleachers. <laughs> uh, when they came out, I wasn't really too much into them because they sounded like every single band that was around back then. Uh, now I listen to it occasionally. It's not a band that I would tell people to listen to right away, but Enjoy the last episode. Looking forward to your guys' the next one. See who you got coming. I will suggest some on the on the Discord. Just keep on forgetting. Like I said, been busy. Uh, when you have a job that you have to get up at three in the morning, it's kind of a crazy life. So, uh, Magpie for life. Take care. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, man. Um, yeah, take care of yourself. Uh, yeah, that's what John and I are trying to do. Yes. I um. It recently just uh, got, you know, I'm, I'm between health, health insurance right now with my new job. And uh, recently just as of today, just got back on 
Ritalin. Uh, so these past few weeks, I haven't been taking any, and it has been, oh man, I, I, I'm taking up every seat on that struggle bus, man. <laughs> Yesterday, yeah. I was just like, I cannot even handle anything. <laughs> so yeah. I got, got some drugs back in me, but you know, everybody out there just do what you can to take care of yourself. Um, sure. and I know that, you know, John and I pretty open about our, our, where we're at, but you know, yeah, don't worry if you're not calling in or yeah. whatever, just absolutely yeah, make, make sure you're, you're taking care of yourself first. Yes. Uh, thank you so much, Jason. We know you're listening. We know you're always listening. You have been for a long time. We always appreciate it. Don't stress about weighing in. We just hope, um, you know, everything in your life is going as well as it can, man. So yeah. Thinking about you. Appreciate you. Yeah. Matt Jones from Ohio. Hey guys, this is your boy, Matt Jones calling from Mount Vernon, Ohio. Um, really enjoy the episode on Morella's forest. Um, uh, was never a huge fan of them. Um, never, was never a huge fan of driver eight. Um, I think I knew them by name only, but then I think I was confusing that with the REM song. So sure. I'm probably not the only one that had that same confusion. Anyways, wanted to give you guys two quick concert reviews. I, uh, <laughs> you had brought up Aaron Lewis. Um, mm. I, I love his music. I, I, I was actually a fan of Stained. Um, I love his music. I, I hate his politics. I did get to see him in Akron, Ohio, and um, I know you <laughs> played a snippet of his songs about keeping the churches open and keeping the borders closed. I think at the end of the day, you really just need to take everything he says with a grain of salt, because chances are he uh, was drunk on Jack Daniels. Uh, when I saw him in concert, he had somebody bringing him out um, drinks, um, and I know it would happen at least four times. And Aaron Lewis was like, oh, this is five shots of Jack Daniels and maybe like a squirt of water. So yes. whenever he goes off in his politics, I wonder just how much Jack Daniels he's had. Um, <laughs> it was a good concert. It was, the, musically, it was fine. But politically, he, I wish he just would have shut up. But that's not going to happen. No, Second review, I went and saw Rage Against the Machine, Ooh. a huge bucket oh, list yeah. concert. Much, way, 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 way better than Aaron Lewis, um, <laughs> but those guys just, just were just incredible. I've always wanted to see them. I got to see them in Cleveland. They played for an hour and 45 minutes, run the jewels, opened up for them. If you oh. haven't checked them out, you need to. Oh. They're incredible. So anyway, so for you guys, uh, I don't care who you review. I always look forward to, to listening um, for the next two or three hours. Uh, you guys <laughs> talk about life and talk about music. So MacPod for life. Take care. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, man. Uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll uh, take you at your word that uh, Aaron Lewis put on a good show. Um, hey, yeah, Matt, that... I can't be boxed in, all right? He, he's seeing Rage. He's seeing Aaron Lewis. <laughs> yeah, he's seen all kinds of stuff. Contains multitudes. Yeah, the, the, the spectrum of Aaron Lewis to Rage Against the Machine fans, you know, the, the Venn diagram, I think, is just Matt. <laughs> I'm sure, absolutely. I'm trying to imagine Zach De La Rocha being like, if it was up to me, the churches would stay open. <laughs> if it were up to me, the borders would stay closed. And then Killer Mike saying, you know, <laughs> spitting some some 
It'll when these churches open, but these borders always closed. LP, tell them one time. Um, <laughs> both incredible acts. I did not see them when they played together in Chicago because I was like, I don't want to see them at the United Center. I want to see them in Minneapolis, slightly smaller venue. They're not coming there until the spring, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really try to make that happen. Maybe we can go together. Oh, man, that would be so good. All right. We have my brother, Brian. Hey guys, this is Brian from Minneapolis, calling in to check in about a few th- different things. Uh, first, big thanks to Andrew for watching Bailey while we were in Chicago. She uh, That's right. had a great time with her uncle. Um, <laughs> and then I just have a few thoughts about kind of like current season, things you talked about. And I, I just say that like, I haven't cared about either of the last two albums you guys have discussed. Um, but I'm listened because I'm here for the hosts. I'm here to listen to the nonsense and the thoughtful critique of culture, of politics, of your music criticism, and so on. Um, and so even when I really don't like a band, I learn something about music or I learn about other bands that were contemporaries or new bands. Um, and that's really valuable for me. Um, I mean, your recommendation of Graveyard Club is my favorite album of the year so far. Um, yes. So I think... You know, people who are own who you know, there's two different kinds of fans of your podcast. You've got people who are here because of you and just the general uh, setup, and then you have people who will dip in and out based on bands they like. Um, and I think you've clearly chosen to not prioritize the latter, and I think it's better to do that. Um, and as far as some other aspects of the season's participation, I, I wonder about you know, two things. One, that you've built a community that doesn't just want to shit on an album, and the bands you're talking about now were never as big as Five Iron or MXPM, so you're not going to have kind of a, a level of um, love to kind of come and um, just discuss every aspect of nuance of those bands. Um, and second, you've mentioned kind of this season has a lot of opaque lyrics, and it's hard to get fired up to critique something that you're not quite sure what's being said. So those are just my um, thoughtful thoughts. Uh, Magpie for life. Thanks, bud. Thanks, Brian. Um, so it's fun. It's funny that Brian said in his email, he says, I don't have terrible car noise in the background, but I do have kids screaming at the park. <laughs> yeah, I think there was a scream right over whatever album he said was recommended. What did he say? Uh, he said uh, the Graveyard Club. Oh, he, hell yeah. It's like, it like his album of the year at this point. Yeah, man. And so he's he's saying that he he listens because he will learn something, you know, yeah. like and because you and I have talked about them and like recommended them, you know, he's like he's like the album is tremendous and he loves it. And I love I love that record, too. And I'm and we've talked about wanting to get him on the pod. Hey. Um, but yeah, I, I do think it's it's to brian's point uh yeah we're not we don't uh, i've I've kind of gotten to a point too where it's like i don't really want to talk about a record if i'm just going to be shitting on it the entire time right like if there's one of us who really likes it then i'm good with it but yeah if we both don't like it and like i don't know if i really want to do that anymore yeah because i don't really like putting that energy out there you know we did that at a, at a point in 
you know, the th- our third season and just like, yeah, uh, you know, and then you like connect with the people you're talking about. <laughs> right. and you're just like, I don't know if that, I don't know if that really makes me feel very good. You know? No, no. They um, usually reference it in some way. <laughs> uh, talking about a troubleshooter. <laughs> among others. Among others. Yeah. yeah. Dogwood of sorts. Um, yeah. But yeah, it doesn't really, it doesn't really make me feel good because I don't want to really yeah. be that kind of a person. And it's, it's like, if I'm going to review or talk about a record, I want to talk about a record that I love. Yeah. And, and if Brian's right and our listeners are like, I don't really want to call in and be like, you know, fuck driver eight or whatever. It's like, <laughs> right. yeah, like we don't need, we don't, I don't want to really have that voicemail, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So no, it's, it's, thank you, Brian. Those are thoughtful thoughts. We appreciate hearing from everyone calling in being like, Hey, hey we're still listening. We just don't necessarily have things to say, which is totally fair because yeah. Indie rock with sometimes inscrutable lyrics, maybe a little less, <laughs> like ready for a hot take to call in about so yeah our boy joel gentlemen of the magnified pod (laughs) hope you guys are feeling fine maybe a little shitty i know i am (laughs) just sitting here finishing up the the most recent episode on morella's forest i haven't commented on any of the recent episodes though and uh, i enjoyed every single one of them immensely um, the Martin Brothers uh, I love every single song on that album All bangers The Driver 8 episode I was pleasantly surprised to see you all reviewing that Because I haven't been able to stream that album On Spotify yet And uh, I missed it uh, One of my favorite random records That I picked up in the 1990s I shouldn't say record because I believe I picked up a cassette mm. and uh, fell in love with that album. Drive is my favorite song on that album. Just the washes of um, psychedelic guitars, phaser effects. Uh, what else was on that song? I mean, uh, huge dynamics, a little bit of screaming, all my favorite stuff. And then into the emo ending of the album. I like every song on that album too. Morella's Forest. I remember seeing them at Cornerstone and getting a promo pre-release from Tooth & Nail of Super Deluxe. And uh, right at home, and my brother and I kind of like fought over it (laughs) because we were both playing it so often. Um, Every single note on that album I find to be perfect. So uh, you guys who aren't getting into these individual (laughs) albums, Sorry. I guess maybe I have no taste and no discrimination. Maybe I'm the one who's failing here. <laughs> but uh, I love all this stuff. Um, you guys aren't getting as much engagement. Uh, sorry to hear. Um, but this season of Magnified Pod is for me. Oh, but of yeah. course, even in the 90s, I kind of felt like an outsider because I was not into all the ska and pop punk and stuff that was happening um, that you guys have been reviewing in previous seasons that I haven't really been into. So... Um, you know, the season's for me and my kind of folks, and uh, I do appreciate you doing it, and I'm here for it. And I've really actually enjoyed hearing you guys and your more than six minutes of banter at the top of the show. <laughs> so even if you're doing music that I don't particularly get way into in the future, I'll be here for that too. Mm, Haven't perfect. said it before, but I'll say it now, man. Magpod for life. 
Love you guys. Yeah. Take care. Joel, our dude. Thanks, Joel. Hearing that dulcet tones too, really. I know, Steps right? all up a, a, a note. I, um, I feel like I'm gonna I'm just gonna all uh you know, step aside. He can join you. He can he can take over my spot with his dulcet tones. No, no. There's room for all the tones. You know, I, I hope I haven't made it sound like I don't appreciate the people that yeah. are engaging because that's that's absolutely not what I'm saying. Um, and I think going from Brian's voicemail to this one, just kind of putting those ideas together that like we are talking about more niche uh, bands and you know, like Jason also be, Jason being like, uh, you know, oh, I don't, I didn't really like Driver Eight, and right. and Joel being like, oh, I, every every <laughs> note on Morellas Forest and Driver Eight is perfect. You know, like these are very different and polarizing, kind of polarizing yeah. bands. Uh, so I can appreciate that, and um, you know, but we do. I hope uh, you know didn't make it sound like we don't appreciate the people who are are engaging it's just uh you know you know when something's when something's a labor of love you want to you want to feel like <laughs> yes. you know that people people that are you're like enjoying enjoying what you're doing and um yep. yeah i it's interesting to have go from voicemail to voicemail where it's like didn't care about them and then someone's like and then joel's like i loved it right yeah i mean uh yeah, once again, we weren't we weren't fishing for these, but it is nice to hear them. <laughs> so right, right. We exactly. appreciate you, Magpod Nation. Joel showing up in the Discord for the first time in the last week. Good to see you over there, buddy. So uh yeah, thanks, folks. Yeah, sorry if, uh, you know, the the Discord links expire. And so I need to remember to when people sign up for the Discord to put in a new or sign up for the Patreon, put in that new Discord link for right for folks. Um yeah, and if you want to get in that Discord, mm. uh head over to the Patreon. It's only a dollar a month just to join that discord mm -hmm. um uh andrew here and here from christopher ends and ooh. we should say new patreon punk christopher ends yeah uh, we'll shout and, you out at the end of the episode but uh glad to see and you everybody. A, and a canadian no less that's right love those canadians showing up uh christopher emailed to say i'm loving the season of mp in fact i'm a new listener because of the season's content starflyer joy electric driver eight Reynolds Forest, all were formative to my 90s teenage music identification formation, and also Pedro and others. I'm pretty sure that the second Reynolds Forest got permission to use the name from the Martin brothers. Oh. It was sort of paying homage to Starflyer 59 and earlier Martin music for their influence on them. Can't tell you how I know that. Picked it up somewhere along the way. Or maybe it is just Christian music folklore. folklore. <laughs> um, I think he is right because I've heard that from multiple people since we asked that question to the universe um that they were right. friends uh, especially with jason and they were kind of like hey we like that name and they were like yeah you should use it or <laughs> maybe they were even like hey you could use this name for your band um so that makes sense that they were so connected um christopher goes on to suggest velour 100 for a future episode and has something to say about them and i'll just tell you right now christopher you're you're in luck yeah covering them this season uh maybe we'll we'll throw in some of your thoughts here when we get to them but uh, yeah Rest you know, assured, we'll get to them. Yeah, when we were so Merle's Forest was a band that I knew, and obviously I had seen at one point back in the '90s, but like had totally forgotten because they didn't really make much of an impression on me. And um, in my mind, when I was like, "Okay, we're going to be covering Merle's Forest," I think I thought of Valor 100, which I right 
like more. <laughs> so, yeah. um, when I was like, when I was listening, uh, when we started getting into it and I was like, Oh no, this is not who I thought it was. <laughs> also oh, very good. We'll get there. We also got a shout out our girl, Candace, uh, Patreon punk fan of the pod listener, a uh, friend. Yes. Um, she, she sent us an email saying had to do some driving. So I binged the last four eps in two days. Thanks for keeping me company for almost nine hours. Uh, I've enjoyed the Martin brothers more than I anticipated. I knew of joy electric back in the day, but never had any of their CDs. I really enjoyed the collab. They did the bleeps and bloops or more of a ratio that I like when you guys get way off track talking about nonsense always makes me laugh, especially John's attempts to get back to the subject at hand. <laughs> it's been a rough few years. So the silliness is much appreciated, much appreciated. Um, uh, sorry to see you guys have had such technical issues lately. Uh, we appreciate you all you guys do to get us that content. I thought of several other things while driving, but didn't write them down. Um, thanks, Candace. Thanks, thanks, Candace. Yeah. Still having some of those issues tonight, unfortunately. Yeah, it's, it is true. Uh, we're doing our best. Um, yeah, technical issues, uh, Magpod, uh, Magpod, Magpod Studios for whatever reason we seem to be cursed um we got a brian Canberra. let's see if we're it's gonna start up that start up that riding lawnmower <laughs> pull right pull that lawnmower onto the cessna okay so i want to take a second and record while it's i'm in a nice quiet space <laughs> Uh, so that I can communicate more effectively. This is Brian Camber, the Rudy Librarian. Mm. I loved your takes on Driver 8, and it was really fun. And I don't um, hate you, John, even though uh, pretty much all of your opinions were wrong. Uh, <laughs> no, I really loved uh, the songs that both of you guys chose. Uh, I wish that you would have uh, liked it more, John, but I understand not everything's for everybody. Um, I'm excited that you're doing Morella's Forest. So I think uh, Sydney Rents is many many guys in the scenes like uh crush uh, mm -hmm. especially when she had like this massive spiky blonde hair um it was like crazy and out of control and i was definitely into that um she uh is a mystery man because after this band disappeared after they released their albums it's like you cannot find her anywhere some of the other guys from the band will show up on that old school tooth and nail group um, and they're very coy about like, oh yeah, she'd really appreciate hearing that. And basically it seems like they don't know where she is either, or they're not saying. Um, and I don't think Sydney Rents was her real name. No, it wasn't. I don't know. Um, but I did love her. I saw them in concert, a weird concert. It was the Insiders and Plank Eye and Morales Forest and the Insiders were headlining. And it was just, it was a weird show, but it was a good show. Uh, so yeah, I'm glad you're doing Morales Forest. Looking forward to hear what you say. Thanks, buddy. Um, yeah, so from what I found, her name was Sherry Rertz. Oh. Uh, so Sydney, detective agency. Sydney Rents was just a stage name. Yeah. I like she, this, though. She, she's, actually a, she, she's actually a Sherry. So, yeah, I, I tried to look her up as well, see, <laughs> see where she... But, yeah, but I don't know. She seems to have disappeared. And, and the thing is, like... Maybe that's maybe I mean, that's I, it's not maybe it is fine. Like yeah. if that's what she wanted to do, she's like, I did the music thing. I'm done with that. I don't need to be a public figure. You know, I kind of move on, do my own my own life. And that was just a thing I did in the past. That's fine. As, she, as 
Joel alludes to, you know, it's kind of cool to have them be mysterious. We don't know right. what she's up to. She just disappeared back into the fuzzy ether. And uh, <laughs> who are we to find out who she is? I like it. Yes. Having said that, get on the pod. John, every once in a while, we have uh, someone in Magpod Nation reach out to us and be like, yo, uh, check out uh, this band that I was in. And um, our dude, Eric Gentry, um, has reached out to us. And he's he's been telling me that he's been binging some of the old uh season one episodes so he's going back he's he's going back old school that's old school that's old school and and so he also told us about this band that he was in back in the day called the adorkables and this is from 2009 and it was done at the blasting room pretty good credit mixed and mastered by jason livermore hell yeah you know so these these are uh these are legit these are yeah it's very legit so we wanted to shout that shout out the dorkables and in the photo on their band camp (laughs) not sure who this is that's i think that's eric really he's on uh bass and lead vokes i think okay yeah um he's got a copyrights shirt on yeah he does which you know i'm currently drinking from um in my copyrights koozie that says yeah. uh shit's fucked up it. The rules. <laughs> so, all right so let's uh, let's check out hope you're happy That is right in my sweet spot. Of, yeah, man. I mean, the copyrights, it works for me. Uh, obviously, it's got there's that influence, but um, Teenage Bottle Rocket, yes, for sure. This yep. definitely has a Ramones core vibe to it, and um, I will love every Ramones core band. I don't care how formulaic <laughs> it is. Sure, um, Masked Intruder, the same thing. Like. Write write a catchy pop punk song about love and broken hearts, and yeah. I will sign up every time. Yeah, yeah. I told him I got some face to face vibes from it, and he said Teenage, "Teenage Battle Rocket" is the number one comparison they hear, which makes a lot of sense. But yeah, I think there's something about his voice and the bass lines and something that reminds me of face to face too. But um, that rules. I, I I'm a fan of Dorkable's sound, so Dorkable's reunite. Let's hear it. Uh, but thanks for sharing, Eric. That's awesome. 
yeah, I'm absolutely going to be checking out this this whole record. Yeah. <laughs> they got a song about Christina Ricci. Oof. 90s, me. 90s crush for sure for me. Crush from childhood until today for me. So <laughs> what is her deal? Uh let's find out. Get her on the pod. All right, get her on the pod. When did you first hear of the Dorkables, Christina Ricci? <laughs> Um, so John, as you know, um, this is the time of year, uh, that breaks your heart because yes, you are in Palatine, Illinois, <laughs> far away from St. Paul, Minnesota, where the state fair, the great Minnesota get together yes. is happening. Um, where your series of texts. When you were at the fair, I was so happy for you, but just driven mad with jealousy. I know. Sweet Martha's cookies abound. Mm. Um, ooh, and in my pocket, John. Want some cookies in there? Uh, you know, they every year they give out a a, a lip balm. Um, yes. I got a <laughs> chocolate chip cookie, ooh. Sweet Martha's uh, yeah. chocolate chip cookie lip balm. Mm-hmm. It was so fun, man. It was so good. Uh, yeah. So many beers, so much yes. food. Uh, I crushed three vegan corn dogs in a single yes. day. Where'd you get those? Um, Daryl's Dogs, I believe is what's okay. called. There were okay. a lot of new vendors. Yeah. And there are a lot of new vegan food options, which yep. made me very happy. Shout out Herbivorous Butcher for that delicious looking chicken fried steak on texas toast or whatever it was, Ooh, what was it? Chicken man fried it was chicken? yeah it was yeah it was so good man it looked really the, good but the gravy and the texas mm. toast was so great um great way to uh start your day with a beer at like 9 30 in the morning it <laughs> <That> was so <laughs> early it's like putting a brick in your tummy oh but... man i was not mad about it though no um what was your favorite thing you ate and favorite thing you drank dude easily the favorite thing i drank was that uh the pineapple okay the, the chili pineapple express yeah. one that was your first beer right uh yes and it was probably my favorite it was so good nice. um and probably i mean i really like the herbivorous butcher i also had some i also got myself a falafel nice um but probably got to say that those vegan corn dogs really sounds good really hit the spot man especially yeah. that I haven't had a corn dog in so long and I and remembering getting a that really good corn dog batter that is that has a little bit of grit to it. You know, not it's not a smooth like <laughs> uh like textureless corn dog batter. It, it had a good cornmeal texture to it. It had a little bit of grit, had a little bit of that sugar like sweetness mm. to it. Yeah. And and I was just like pumping mustard and ketchup on them. <laughs> just taking taking three of those to the dome is a real yeah, endorsement. Dude. Oh man, <laughs> did I uh, have lots of beers that day and part of an edible? I did. So I was, I was, I was, I was putting them away. But I wanted to play for you uh, some audio because I went back. I rallied for later that evening to get together with my brother and Mark, Kristen and I went back and we had some more beers and we wanted to honor our boy uh, by getting a collection of weird beers. Yes. And toast, toast to you in your name. 
We appreciate. I appreciate <laughs> the real we. All right, so we are at the Minnesota State Fair, and with uh, it's me and Kristen and Brian, past and future guests of the pod, and Mark Hackinson. Um, never a guest. One time caller. One time call. You did leave a voicemail. You were supposed to be a and guest. I was supposed to be on the live pod. That the, never happened. The one that didn't get record. That was recorded terrible. So he was. Yes, uh, which fits with. Uh, our, our new MagPod motto, mostly fine, a little shitty. <laughs> yeah, that that episode, I don't know if it, it will ever see the light of day, but... I think for the Patreon folks, we should <laughs> let them have the option. Yeah, sure. So, Mark, you got us a flight of some weird beers, the weirdest beers you could find at the local... Yeah. Uh, what, what did you... Where did it's you... The Horticultural Building... The wing is called the land of 10,000 beers. Yes. Now that's a lot of beers to choose from, am I right, guys? <laughs> All right, what did you... <laughs> the first one we're tasting is Paul and Babe's breakfast ale, or as Kristen would call it, Paul and Babe's <laughs> breakfast ale. It's uh, from Hop and Barrel in Spring Valley, Minnesota. Breakfast-style ale, 7%. Ooh, ooh, yeah. Now, it's a little boozy. I know we also had earlier, we had a... a, 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 a it's not floral. <laughs> There's no pollen no in there. This is a sweeter breakfast ale. Yeah, we had, had, yeah, we had that hangar. one that was uh, at the hangar that was a, a breakfast. It was darker, too. It was. Like, exactly. I think I could pour this on pancakes in place of syrup. <laughs> it's it's pretty sweet. sweet. It is very sweet. It's pretty, it is a little sweet. Not my, not my go-to, but... I'm also seeing some, I see a dark, I see a few darker beers over here, which, um, you know, it's, it's the summer. So, you know, somebody like John would love to have a extremely dark, boozy beer in the middle of the summer. What we have here is mm-hmm. a cold press black ale from Bent Paddle. Oof. Yeah. Good brewery, Duluth, Minnesota. Yes. We've, we've had, pretty sure you've had... We, yeah, we went there, but you you got the nitro pour, though. Yeah. It's a good beer. Ooh, it smells great. I mean, that's just... It The notes, the notes, the coffee. <laughs> that, yeah, that is good. Have you ever had anything from Ben Paddle? I have. Delicious. I, I don't think I've had this, but it sounds great. Yeah, they have... They have two options you can get it just regular or at at the in duluth you can get a nitro pour which is i want baby which is the way to go drink this in the morning that is uh tastes like coffee forward it does though that's what i'm saying it's not boozy cold press it's more coffee it's more beer coffee than it's coffee beer that's good wait wait you're saying it's it it's more coffee. I'm saying it tastes like coffee with beer poured into okay. it. Okay. Instead of a beer with coffee notes. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And I'm here for it. Yeah, no, yeah. this is good. No notes, just a full song. This is a weekend <laughs> opener. Like, you wake up in the morning and you just skip the cold press and you go straight <laughs> to the cold press beer. Uh, you've heard it here first. Brian wakes up in the morning, <laughs> starts cracking open. Life is hard. 
Life is, <laughs> life is the worst. It depends on what the kids are doing that morning. <laughs> and how much Sounds great. Yeah. All right, now we're shifting to a tart cherry sour from Burning Brothers. I wish I could um, clear my cup for this. A gluten-free brewery here in St. Paul. It's going to taste like coffee. Yeah, we need to, we also need to make sure we're drinking some water. Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. That was a mistake from earlier today. We had. Good thing we're also in the land of ten thousand lakes. Hey, there you go. <laughs> this is the cherry one. Yep. Would you have this? Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Hard. During what? During what part of the day would you drink this, Brian? <laughs> um, I don't know. It's a little. <laughs> Why not during mowing the lawn? It's not a. I don't know that I like the. Notes of cherry pie filling. It's, you know, I, I. It's kind of weird. Oh yeah, do smell like filling. I prefer the. That kind of cherry. It's like cherry pie. I prefer the. It does. It does smell like cherry pie filling. That's weird. Yeah. I I prefer the cherry. Uh, cherry beer. limeade one we had earlier. Well, I was gonna say the cherry beer that from Indeed. Oh. Mm. We had that cherry limeade. The, the cherry limeade was good. That was good. That was at the hangar. I don't remember which brewery it was, but I could tell you. All right. I've had at that point. I don't know how many beers I'd had that day. <laughs> Turn back a few. <laughs> Trying to remember everything that I was like, yeah. What did we have? It was good. Where is from? I don't know. But I have a. Maybe I can <laughs> post a, a list because Kristen and I wrote. We created a list before in in Google Docs. Of like what we wanted to have nice at the state fair, and we <laughs> we crossed off a lot of them. So it was well done. it was a bunch. Hey, brewery. We have a elevated amber from Lift Bridge from Stillwater, Minnesota. Yes. What is what does elevated mean? Well, what is about it? Let's. Um, it's zero percent alcohol. <laughs> Uh, Mark, what did you do? <laughs> I had one job. <laughs> you had one job to get the weirdest flight possible, and I succeeded. Yeah, this, is, this is definitely a weird we beer. Okay. Zero percent. You said you wanted water. Here's your water. <laughs> a zero percent uh, elevated amber. Uh, you guys are just like taking it in. It sure does. Yes. Uh, I really you know, screw that up. I'm sorry. You know what, guys? This is this is not for a zero percent beer. This is not bad. Yeah, this is maybe what you should have in the morning, Brian. Yeah, yeah. This, <laughs> stop hitting maybe it so you're hard in the morning. For a non-alcoholic beer. It actually, like, yes, it's good, but you know. not not for not for our purposes today. No. I know that John this week is endlessly jealous. Because yes, should be. he should be. I mean, it is his favorite thing in the world. But you know, we felt like to we're uh, drinking his favorite thing at his favorite thing in the world. I know, and so it felt like salt in the wounds. It's worth honoring John in this moment to raise a zero percent beer <laughs> to him in his name, um, which we will call from now on John Potter's we State Beer. Weird beer dabbler. We should have poured the zero percent beer out for John. I mean, I do no. have some. I do have some left. But even even for a ranges. yeah. <laughs> but you know, even even if it's zero percent, I'm not I'm not typically a person that pours out a perfectly good 
A perfectly ser- serviceable beer. Uh, perfectly serviceable beer. There we go. Got that out. <laughs> so, trying to trying Is to do it? right. Trying to do right by our boy. That was wonderful. I almost <laughs> felt like I was there. Heard my dear friends drinking some tasty beers. Yeah. Uh, from 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 my lips to God's ears. Next year I'll join you guys there. Ah, dude, I'm saying I can't imagine something more wonderful than going to the state fair and maybe taking a little little gummy of some kind, having mm-hmm. some beers, mm-hmm. eating some vegan some vegan some vegan glizzies. Ugh, that sounds uh, wonderful. <laughs> See you but, there. Yes. Um well that was wonderful. A wonderful report. Some potting on the fly. Uh, some great voicemails and emails and voice memos from MagPod Nation. Very grateful to hear from you. We're glad you're actually listening. Um, and it's not just us in the void. Uh, glad to be here with you. Um, but our main focus this week is, as you said, Andrew, our, our interview with our dude, Joel Hang Hartsey. Yes. Where we will talk about Ultraphonic Hiss, Reynolds for our second album, but we will actually get to Ultraphonic Hiss ourselves later on on the pod not this yes. week yes uh yeah we wanted to highlight our dude joel um and have a good conversation with him without feeling like we needed to rush anything and cut things short and and this would be uh, you know even though the the even though the episode or the even though the album is shorter than super deluxe you know still we don't want to <laughs> this no one can give short shrift to the no, ultrafonic hiss we don't we don't much to unpack yes john why don't we take a quick break and then when we come back we will talk to our boy joel hang let's do it Hi, I'm Peter Santoscano. I host Bubble and Squeak here on the Rock Candy Network. I tell personal, revealing stories. He whispered, Did you just masturbate? Because I felt a terrible presence of evil enter the... I make prank phone calls to the past. Heimbach. General Star, Elijah Heimbach speaking. How may I help? Into the future. Because my boyfriend and I are just not having enough sex. Always a problem with the butt sex. You just have to listen to it. It's too hard to describe. Check out Bubble and Squeak wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, John. Hey. Have you heard of Small Step Records? You know, the name is familiar, but but tell me more. Well, Small Step Records is a faith-based DIY record label with Mm -hmm. bands that are melodic punk, pop punk, easy core, emo, and ska. And they have some new albums and new bands releasing records right now on all streaming services you should check them out andrew not only that Ooh. they are magpod's first official sponsor oh really starburst got nothing on these guys all mm. right these guys are the real deal <laughs> uh the tagline is love god love others listen to pop punk you can go to smallstepbecords.com check out the cool records and merch and bands they have and we will be through their generosity offering some giveaways in the coming uh weeks and months uh, on our socials of some of these small step bands records. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Also, John, unlike some record labels, which may have come up over the course of the podcast, the artists on small step always keep 100% of the rights and ownership of their music. Yes. 
So any money that goes to Small Step goes directly back into supporting the bands. This is a label with integrity. So you yeah. love to see it. Love to see it. Small Step. Check them out. Smallsteprecords.com. John, today on Magnified Pod, we welcome Joel Hang Hartsey. He's an academic and author. He's written about Five Iron Frenzy for Sojourners, Me Without You for Christianity Today. His 2010 book, Sex, Love, and Rock and Roll, is a memoir of 90s Christian rock fandom. And his new book is Dancing About Architecture is a Reasonable Thing to Do, Writing About Music, Meaning, and the Ineffable. Joel, welcome to Magnified Pod. Thank you very much. It's good to be among kindred kindred spirits. As soon as I found you guys, I was like, you know how people always joke like, oh, yeah, sure. Two white guys having a conversation. They're like, oh, it should be a right. podcast. But I was like, sometimes that really should be a podcast because other people need to hear it. You know, yeah. it's 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 funny that like so many people it's it's sort of has become kind of a meme like uh, they have there's I don't know if you've seen this this uh, this meme about uh, this person like sitting in their the studio like writing like this music and like have all these pedals all these instruments around them they're like what if no one listens to my music and then the next panel is like these three jacked guys being like and i was at the grocery store oh shit bro and then what happened and then like it's like it's like the most mundane conversation but like that's just sort of the reality of <laughs> of a long form conversational podcast, but totally, you know, and we got into this, John and I got into this a little bit last week talking about who and what podcasts are for. And oftentimes for me, the way I think about it, I love the community that we've built around Magpod, but also at the end of the day, I get to hang out with my buddy, John every week and talk and, and just shoot the shit. And like, and then we record it and people, enjoy listening to that. And I'm I like, think that's, that's yeah. What's wrong with that? There's that's nothing wonderful. wrong with yeah. that. It's <laughs> so, um, yeah, as, as we were talking before we got the pod going, uh, this has sort of been a long time coming. We've been, uh, communicating with you for a while, trying to figure out a good time to have you on. So finally glad, uh, to get you on the pod. Um, we're going to yeah, be talking. Every time we'd see a, a byline by you or news about your book would be like this guy is is very much on our vibe uh i know we're gonna have things to talk about so. it's yeah. so it's it's uncanny i mean i felt this way when i you know i wrote that first book about christian indie rock kind of or my you know what it was like to be basically your podcast in book form uh -huh. um, and uh you know i part of me i remember saying to somebody like i was like oh i'm writing this book and it was a friend of mine from high school was like i don't think she meant it as a diss but she was like <laughs> it felt very passive aggressive. She's like, wow, what is it like to be 30 and writing your memoirs? <laughs> it's like, as if like, what could you possibly have to say? But right. the cool thing about it though was like, I was like, I had to remember, and I, I think this oh, was yeah. validated, like so many people lived this through mm -hmm. this. And I'm sure that's what you guys found too. Like I, I wrote this book and it found a handful, whatever, a couple hundred people. And I would get emails from people that were like, 
every band reference you said I knew and had a story about, you know, like every, every page I was laughing because I, that exact same thing happened to me. And it's just, um, so that's what is so I think rewarding about that stuff. And, and, and I've just had the same trajectory as you guys, like you start out and you're obsessed with this thing. And then as you get older, you look back at it and you're like, what was that thing exactly? Mm -hmm. Uh And I've, I've remained interested in that for my whole kind of little uh, side career that I've had about music, like writing about music is like mm. not, not simply looking at nineties Christian rock, although that's still really interesting to me, but just like, what is, what is the relationship of like music and religion and culture and commerce? I just, it's endlessly fascinating to me. So, right. Um, yeah. It's, it's a, yeah. And it's, it's an interesting thing that I think some people would look at, dudes in their late 30s early 40s talking about uh their teen years as maybe sort of masturbatory like let's just like let's only talk about like this thing as with these sort of uh rose-colored glasses or like the only about nostalgia but like well or just yeah we've tried to avoid doing that at all but also recognizing that sort of period of time in the in the Christian alternative scene, the Christian music scene that that we were in was sort of a very short, specific period of time. And you 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 when you were on um, Good Christian Fun, you had said like you don't even know what's really going on like with Christian music now. And and I think it's just because it's kind of different. It doesn't really exist in the same way anymore. And so for you to document. Uh, your your memoir, so to speak, you know what what you what it was like for you and and John and I sort of in a way creating this sort of audio time capsule experience of like of our memories of these bands and of these times. Like I still think it's kind of important to remember a unique period of time. And like I don't know when something like that will would happen again with within the christian in music industry if totally ever. so many things coalesced like whether and i've probably said this before but it's like all these forces of like the cd era and the mtv era and the even something like the print mag print music magazine era and like the cusp of the internet and right exactly the, the mm-hmm. parach the parachurch culture and the turn you know from the 80s that kind of reached its height in the 90s the turn toward pop culture and evangelical like it was just this perfect storm and it was it was so interesting to live through it was so yeah. interesting yeah. yeah yeah that's our that's our ongoing project to uh unpack that each week mm-hmm. um but you know along those lines uh and this is a broad question but can you tell folks a bit about your background with the scene of 90s christian alternative music and kind of you touched on this just now but the way that it's still its impact continues to still be felt in your work now. Yeah, sure thing. I mean, I, I think like a lot of people, like I, I don't know, I, I think I was, you know, I was a bit of a nerd in high school and I think something I connected with, I, I love music from a young age. And I think that um, this, there was this, this real um, coming together of like um, the religious identity on the one hand, that was like this strong sense of like being an evangelical 
it means I don't even know you kind of just pick this up in the in the water it was like you're kind of a weird minority you maybe you're like persecuted right. uh-huh. <laughs> you know or whatever even though you weren't really but like you kind of that was the that was sort of what was cultivated it was like you're kind of a weirdo and like you have these really specific beliefs that nobody else have even though like 70 percent of america is christian right <laughs> i don't know evangelicals with a persecution <laughs> complex i don't think so i've never heard of such a thing but anyway you know you had that and then you had this like genuinely good kind of underground music movement bubbling up that was Mm -hmm. like you can attach yourself to this so you don't have to be um cookie cutter like good kid necessarily because you can access this kind of like dangerous interesting underground music Mm -hmm. but it also for perfectly safely fits this religious identity that you've you know you've cultivated or your family or your church or your community has cultivated so that, of course i wouldn't have seen it that way at the time but like i just feel like i i could step right into that and it was like you know obviously there were some weird things about it but it was not all bad like i don't regret how much i loved that music um no way. i don't regret the bands that i saw and the even the stuff that i learned from listening to those i was just somebody asked me to write something about my new book and it was like sort of embarrassing to admit but like those that was really formative experiences for like who I am and what my faith turned out to be and yeah like I wouldn't be the kind of person like kind of Christian I am if it weren't for Five Iron Frenzy and Sixpence on the Richer and Luxury and you know like the, the those bands made a way bigger impact on me than like a youth pastor yeah you know like the I didn't like the youth pastor you <laughs> <Right. know? laughs> yeah I mean you Sorry, I keep going. Were you done with that thought? Oh, no, sorry. I was drinking water. Yeah, I think I'm done. Okay. Um, I mean, you mentioned a few just now, and you know that for us, Five Iron was very much that uh, as far as like a something that shaped our outlook on the world uh, that we weren't getting in church in terms of the justice aspect and um, just so much about Five Iron's perspective, I think was significant for us. But yeah, you mentioned a few artists just now. Were there other artists what were some of your other favorites from the scene yeah. that really impacted you, particularly those that you still listen to now, maybe? Yeah. So, I mean, I really, really love, and I get a lot of shit for this, but I really love Sixpence on the Richer a lot. Like sure. they're probably my all-time favorite band. Um, okay. uh, I just think, especially their, the second and third records, I just think they're gorgeous. They're beautiful. And it's so, it was so powerful to have this like evangelically marketed band singing about stuff like, being depressed <laughs> and like yeah. um you know their big like poppy song on their second record the chorus is i'm not afraid to admit how much i hate myself mm, yeah um and you know whatever you can that's very relatable that's just, yeah you can say that's just kind of you know what is it the simpsons lion making teenagers depressed is like shooting fish in a barrel but <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but like it was it, you know to see that as the alternative to what you saw at an evangelical happy clappy church on a Sunday morning right. was so powerful. And the people you would meet through that, you would meet these like genuine people who like loved music and wanted to figure out who God was and like understand what that means. It's you, you met some wonderful people through that. So I've, I've some of my closest friends, um, you know, or, or people who I would consider like influences on me spiritually. I met them through that, through our mutual love. I, that's how I met my wife. We both love Sixpence mm. on the Richer, you know, Amazing. like cool. it's really cool. Um, so them for sure. Um, uh, I love Poor Old Lou a lot. Are you guys mm. going to do, I don't think you're doing Poor Old Lou, are you? We I mean, I feel like if yes. we, I feel like if we did Poor Old Lou, this would sort of be the season 
yeah. to maybe do them? It's they loom very large. Like I, I would say they're one of the most important. But it's tricky because where do they, are they alternative? Are they indie? Are they grunge? Like right. I, it's tricky to see where they slot this, in genre. Yeah, the indie indie stuff has a lot of. It, it, there's a lot of crossover there's a lot yeah. of blending of like what's yeah. yeah what's what's emo what's indie yeah. what's kind of like uh post hardcore you know there's there's a lot of mixing in that yeah so but i, I think coral blue looms very very large for a lot of people i think that that um scott hunter both as a vocalist and a lyricist is just unreal like i don't understand how he i think i said in my book like his vocal sounds are polyphonic like he's making mm. a low and high sound at the same time i don't know mm. how he does that <laughs> it's incredible yeah. um and just weird lyrics and like, anyway so they're great and then a band that i that i started listening to you know, in that, during that, those days, and that I kind of came back to and really love now is a band called Luxury. Um, mm-hmm. And I've written about them uh, for Christianity Today recently. So they they started off in the Tooth and Nail scene, um, their first record, just to give you a sense of how much they didn't fit on Tooth and Nail, their first song on their first record is about a, uh, it's called Pink Revenge, and it is about a transgender teenager. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, and this is in 1995. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, what what is also incredible about that band? So they never shied away from like their first couple of records are just dripping with like androgynous, if not queer, sexuality. Hmm. Um, they also went on to three fourths of them went on to become ordained Eastern Orthodox priests. Right. Yeah. <laughs> which is pretty awesome. Wow. I love I love the pace. I love to build people's minds with that. But <laughs> but so you'd think they would be a they would be a gimmick, right? And sometimes with the right. way they get written about, obviously that's the hook whenever you see an article about them. But their music has is an incredible. And their last record, which they made, you know, twenty years after their first or twenty five years after their first, is just gorgeous. I mean, it's like you know the the thing people say about them is it's like imagine sort of Morrissey fronting Fugazi, um, but like he's also a priest. <laughs> <laughs> right um you know that and, morrissey video uh, I not have a trash person like morrissey. yeah <laughs> that you know that morrissey video i have forgiven jesus where he's like walking down the street in a in a priest collar yeah, yeah. it's just like imagine that but he's not kidding right <laughs> right I mean? so i just i find that band remarkable so it's just like stuff like that that you and and for me to be honest with you like mxpx fell away for me a little bit and i think it was it was the bands that were even a band like Marlowe's Forest, who I, I really like, um, those bands that I was listening to, those were the fun bands for me. And it was liberating that like they weren't singing about super heavy spiritual stuff, but we're still within that like safe box that right. you could. So, um, but but I guess as I've gotten older, really, it's the more, it's like the heavier stuff, the sad, depressed Christians that have stuck uh-huh. with me um, for whatever reason. Maybe that's just my, who I am, but yeah. Yeah. Luxury is a band that's their name has been thrown around this season for us too. There's a lot of bands that we've covered whose, you know, records were produced by folks who worked with luxury. So they might be another one for us to They're amazing, but I mean it's it's one of those where it's almost too much to get into. You know, do you ever right, like I have right. a friend who's like, Well, I'm gonna become a Rush fan, so I'm not gonna be able to talk to you for like a couple of years. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's that's like what we, uh, that's what we keep saying about we will tackle me without you this season, but it feels so daunting. I don't know if you so should, dense. honestly. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I, I interviewed Aaron Weiss last year and it was wonderful. I, yeah. uh, what a great guy. But like, even in that short hour long interview, it's like you could analyze the things he said for five hours. Like, yeah, totally. Just, There's a lot. 
it's a bit much yeah yeah just the lyrics to me without you songs are so dense and there's a lot to would be a lot to unpack but yeah um i i, I feel like we w- we would never hear the end of it if we didn't at least That's cover yeah. cover something yeah um so um before we get off the topic of of bands that you were into and listening to at the time we need to talk about pfr yes. because um you know you you're wearing you're wearing a minnesota twins hat That's right. um uh, john is originally from the twin cities i live in the twin cities now uh pfr has their origins in the twin cities um and uh joel hansen is a like I, I think he's a worship maybe the worship leader at a church uh in the uh, suburbs outside the twin cities um so um and i also grew up just absolutely loving them so much like from the, f- the first time i heard the album goldie's last day and then like and then going from Goalie's Last Day to Great Lengths to them, those three albums couldn't be more different, but they're all so good in their in their very specific ways. And because the through line is there, uh, their amazing harmonies, their musicality. Um, and I just I just feel like there's so many, there's so many Christian bands I feel like. Um, maybe legacy Christian bands that are talked about. I don't. I don't know. Do you feel like PFR gets gets their their the credit? I don't think they do. I think they're overlooked, and I think it's because they didn't milk it for all it was worth, like some of these other bands. Like it was a audio, short. It was a relatively adrenaline. Oh my gosh, <laughs> being replacing every. You know how? What is it? Your body replaces all its atoms every seven years or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> did that with or, audio adrenaline. Yeah, 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 right. Or that. Uh, I think I've invoked this number of times. Like you replace um, a plank of, of, a of a ship, one one right. plank at a time. Like when does it stop being the original ship? <laughs> right. You know, it's like, so audio adrenaline this... wasn't yeah. Newsboys, all those bands, but you know, there's still one plank that's like a random <laughs> keyboard player or something. But, <laughs> right. um, but no, PFR like they didn't milk it for all it was worth. You know, they were only really active like as a nationally known Christian band for like seven years or something like that yeah um and then they just kind of broke up and went their separate ways and they all did different things um but they just have this legacy of just like four great albums and it's just i don't know they weren't uh, they weren't very showy either right like it wasn't they weren't uh their songs were super christian but they weren't uh heavily um it just weren't that in your face about right. anything they were just a really good they were a trio and they were they were really like they played they sometimes played with a with a second guitarist but and they just did it. They just did it all themselves. They were so good. Joel Hansen is an unbelievable songwriter, singer, guitarist, like just unnaturally gifted musician. Um, and like you said, incredible harmonies. I don't even know where I first heard them. I think I heard them on like the Friday night, like alternative show on the Christian rock station in my hometown. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was just hooked from the beginning. I won, I won a pair of tickets to see them. Uh, and who was playing with them? Oh, Hoi Polloi. Shout out to another interesting 90s new zealand christian man right um saw them with jars of clay before jars of clay got big on that tour Ooh. um yeah i just I, I love them so much so they patrick andrew heard me on good christian fun 
talking wow. about PFR. And oh, he wow. sent, sent me a message a few weeks ago cool. uh, saying like, hey, heard your thing. And I think you might like to know. And actually, a good friend of mine had sent me this message earlier, I think that same week, that we're getting together for two shows in the Twin Cities. Whoa. Uh, and the uh, September 30th and October 1st, Andrew, they're sold out. Oh, we can get a press pass. <laughs> Honestly, why? Seriously? How? How did I not know? Yeah, this I is, had no this, idea. This is outrageous. So I, don't, I don't use Instagram. Apparently, this was all on Instagram. Oh, so okay. Mark Mark Nash is trying to start a podcast, uh, kind of like yours, but from the musician's perspective. Okay. So he's he's doing this podcast. I don't know if it started yet, but it's going to be like again the basic theme of like a lot of these which is like what was that again <laughs> like, right. yeah. what was that we were doing yeah um, uh so but he's gonna try to interview like other musicians who are involved um, okay which i think would be really neat. cool so, yeah so i was like yeah patrick uh, was like hey yeah you should come and i was like ah, i don't live in the twin cities i happened to be in minnesota the week that he sent okay. me the message um at the this place called the collegeville institute um mm -hmm. which is uh in saint something joseph St. John? I don't know. Whatever. Something. Um, <laughs> <somebody>. <laughs> uh, anyways, but uh, yeah, that's amazing. So they're, they're getting back together. And it's it's cool to see that because they actually tried to do a reunion in 2012. They did one show and then they had this cryptic announcement that was like, we have to break up because there's some personal things going on with one of our members that we can't mm -hmm. really talk about. And who okay. knows, like I've, I've, I've exchanged messages with like other fans like speculating what was going on, but whatever it was, it seems like they're in a place where they're able to get back and do some music. And I think it's really interesting too, because I would imagine many of them, like Joel for sure is still very much in the evangelical world, but it seems like, you know, maybe the other guys are, have like many of us have kind of like <laughs> re-examined their involvement in that world, yeah. but are at a place kind of like people our age, I guess are, I mean, they're, they're a bit older than us because we were the ones idolizing them where we can look at it and just take it for what it was. We don't have to be embarrassed by it necessarily. Like we might've mm -hmm. been, we don't have to be ashamed of it or, or pretend that it wasn't a part of our lives, but we can look at it, bring it onto light and say, here's what it was. Here's what was good about it. Here's what was bad about it. And I think that's really good. So that's yeah. Cool. Andrew, you got to find a way to get yourself into one of these shows. You really oh, should, man. I mean, I have, I have, talked about because we've we've talked about doing like a um a spin-off episode where we cover pfr for like just a a single episode and i have thought about like trying to reach out to joel i feel like it wouldn't be that hard yeah I yeah don't know. and we've also talked to our our producer shadow producer jason uh about having his his company unoriginal vinyl um, oh my gosh! Press press Goldie's last day to find. No, yes, there have been, I mean, there have been no, some no whispers. Meaning, no meaning, yes. I mean, right, obviously, right. one hundred percent. This has to happen. Yeah. No, like um, I, I, I mean, it's it's. There's been there's been. I was. I, it was last year when I visited um, in Col in Colorado. I was like given given him the hard sell about why I think Goldie's last day needs to be on. Well, uh, and on vinyl. You know what? I was just talking to my friend Alan Parrish, who like. I think he literally has in his Twitter bio sixpence expert. Like he, there's no one who he's, he's, he's just like, he's not even really a, he's a really good writer. Like he will dig, he does journalism, but he's not like, that's just something he does for fun. Right. He's not like a writer by training. So we he shouted like, him out uh, last week. Cause you're guys, nice. Christy, oh, right. uh, Christy 95 project. Christy. Yeah. <laughs> Christy. <laughs> so Christy. <laughs> um, but uh, he uh, has, he interviewed all of them for this big project. He did. So he's gotten really involved in the sixpence reissue stuff. And okay. he helped them like track down the original um, artwork for this beautiful mess reissue. Mm -hmm. um, what he told me the other day, I was just talking to him. 
it's incredibly easy, in a maybe in a bad way, to reissue uh, 90s Christian rock records because none of the bands own the material whatsoever. So you do not have to get the band's permission. You just have to pay whoever like their label sold the rights to in the right. 2000s. Um, and it's, it's apparently not that steep. So apparently I really, um, I won't, I don't know the guy, so I won't cast aspersions, but apparently there was one sixpence reissue that was done very badly and without the band's involvement. And then another company came along and was like, no, we got to do this right. So okay. you guys have the chance to be the spark that does that for PFR. That would be so yeah. incredible. Please I let me write the were, Oh man, that's a good call. I think they were the same ones that did the Merlis Forest, the Super Deluxe reissue. That's right. Came yeah, out yeah. Lost, yeah, Lost in Ohio. They're called. Right, right. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Well, we. Exactly. I mean, there have been some whispers uh, with Jason about this, so you know, if if it comes to fruition, we'll we'll have to do it. We'll loop you in. Have to do it. Um, but yeah, we got it. We got to make this PR PFR thing happen, Andrew. Definitely. We'll figure this out. I would, and I would love to have them do like. Uh, have them do sort of like a retrospective look at it, you know, see if they could do like recreate some of that, that original artwork or something on the front because Bring it's... a new Goldie onto the stage. <laughs> <Your dog>. Yeah. <laughs> Just <Goldie> a... <laughs> 10 point or whatever. Yeah. But like have them like get those like super short shorts. And, like... <laughs> it was a look. I had that cassette tape in my Christmas stocking. I can remember oh. getting the cover and pulling it out and be like, oh, yeah, it's going to be a great Christmas. Love it. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, pivoting back to our, our previous segue to Merlo's Forest. Obviously, they're who we're talking about this week. Um, what A, what made them special for you? AKA, when did you first hear of Merlo's Forest? And B, what do you like in particular about Ultraphonic Hiss? Because yeah. Super Deluxe is the one that people generally talk about more yeah. often so uh, this album has a really occupies a really interesting space for me and i think i really like records like this where it was like i don't know a lot about this band like they if you look for stuff they didn't do a lot of interviews i think there's one interview from like seven ball magazine that you can dig and find sure, right and even that one is not great um so i love the mystery about this band obviously the first record there's a bit more it's all buried in sludge and <laughs> I, I i was i was really on the fa- i was like sort of half John, half Andrew in terms of how I felt about that one. Yeah. Um, because like when you said like everything, <laughs> everything except the chorus of that last track is a nightmare. It's like, you're right. <laughs> but that's what makes the chorus so beautiful. That's exactly that's the, the payoff is so worth it. So I feel like, but um, is it though? <laughs> is it worth it? <laughs> so with this record, obviously you, you have less of that to wade through, yes. but what I really liked about it was just how, so how little you knew about them. They, I don't think their last names are even on the records. It's just like Nate, Sean, two guys named Sean and then um, <laughs> Sydney. And then um, the, the song titles like have clearly having nothing to do with the songs. Like, obviously they're writing instrumentals first and just giving them scratch titles. And then those become the titles, which I think is great. Um, and then um, kind of the ethereal vo- like vocals as the fact that the vocals are not that important. The lyrics don't really matter at all for Morella's Forest, which is really refreshing for Christian rock. Yeah. Um, it's like, I remember when I read, uh, I really loved um, my bloody Valentine when I was in mm-hmm. high school solely because Jason Martin mentioned them in an interview. Okay, and cool. I was like, oh, I got to check this out. And I mean, once you hear, if you like that type of music, all it takes, I can still remember putting the headphones on at a, what's that out of that chain that went out of business? Future Shop. Okay. <laughs> and I don't know if you had that where you guys live, but um, it's so. kind of like Best Buy. So Future Shop, they would 
open up any CD for you and stick it in a CD player and let you listen to it. And then they'd re-shrink wrap it. Wow, that's cool. So I, I remember going to Future Shop and sticking my Bloody Valentine's Loveless in and just and just you're like like uh-huh. holy shit just like immersed in this sl- just glorious sludge so um all that to say is i remember trying to learn more about that band and that's when i first heard people start to say stuff like well the vocals are more of an instrument for that band and i was like what you mean they're not for expressing your true feelings <laughs> or, <laughs> or sharing the gospel sharing or... the gospel yeah. yeah exactly so i was like oh that's really interesting and i think that morales forest like i think what i love about this record in particular is it's as the kids say it's a mood right like mm-hmm. it's a vibe yeah um and that's yeah. so cool because there, so much of the music that I was listening to from that scene was like really in your face or really didactic or mm-hmm. even just like very loud uh, with the vocals more up front. And I love how tiny this record is. It's so yeah. interesting. So I went out and bought it like right when it came out. I, I think I've talked about this before, but I used to my main uh, CD buying shop was a Catholic bookstore, which is unusual. Um, mm-hmm. But it was like, there'd be the the Catholic bookstore had this tiny little like evangelical corner where there would always be some like kind of funky person working there who's like, <laughs> it's interesting that you work in a Catholic bookstore. Like whether it was like a woman who like, I assume was a lesbian or like a right. guy who had like the earring, like the gauged lobe earring things. It was just like, uh-huh. you don't quite fit in here. And that makes it cool. Yeah. Um, and so I bought that record. Here's a really random, not relevant, but funny story. I bought it and they had, um, they had like done the barcode wrong. They had like stuck a sticker of like a single of some Christian pop singer on it. And so it was only two ninety nine. Okay. And so I bought it and then I took it home and I looked at my receipt and I was like, Oh no, this is wrong. I have to tell them that they undercharged me. I should have paid like $14.99 for this. So I called them back and I was a like, Hey, um, exactly. Right. I was like, I felt so guilty. I was like, Hey, listen, uh, I don't know what to do, but I, it looks like you guys put the wrong price on this. And they were like, yeah, that's fine. Just keep it. <laughs> so my guilt thus expunged. Yes. Maybe that's why I'm, maybe that's why I'm so into Catholicism still. I don't know, but um, I was like, um, I was like, oh, okay, now I can really enjoy this and listen to it. And and what I loved about it was it was so like, it feels small and it feels, it's, it's almost like, I remember hearing somebody say like, anybody can be loud, but it takes real skill to make like a quiet record, like mm. a really good quiet record. So a few highlights that I want to kind of point to, to talk yeah. about why I like the smallness of this record, the drum solo, if we can call it that on, uh, I forgot the track, but I will play the drum solo for you right now. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm not done. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Yeah. Totally. I, love, I think that is such a ballsy thing to do on like a rock record. It's yeah. so weird. It's so weird. Yeah. Um, and and uh, so that is, that's, that's my favorite part of the whole album, which I know is ridiculous. No, <laughs> I, I know which part you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, there's a couple of other tracks where it's like, there's, uh, I forget the name of it now, but because, well, the names have nothing to do with the songs anyway, but um, the music drops out and then it comes right. Oh, it's the one that's like, burr, 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 right, burr, right. Burr. Yeah. It's and a it's just like 30 second wheelie. Yeah, how many yeah. times are they kind of going to come back to just that same 
clean, like quite boring riff. But right. I think that's I think that's so cool. And I think that's actually what I like about a band like even a band like um I mean, I know you guys were talking about L C D sound system last week and I don't <laughs> I don't really like them, but a band that I think also really um harnesses this like um kind of just like repetition, like just repeat one thing until it clicks is metric. I don't know if you listen to much. Yeah, oh, yeah. sure. Like yeah. Metric, metric is so good at doing that. I went and saw them, saw them uh, play with death cab a couple of years ago here. And I was like on paper, like if you just looked at the structure of his, the song, it's like, I don't know. Like, do you really need to repeat the chorus that many times? Do you really need to repeat that riff that many times? But you get, it creates this mood that you just enter into. And it's, mm -hmm. and I think this record does that, but it does it so efficiently. It's a really short album. Yeah. Um, it's really pretty, like it's really beautifully produced. Um, and it doesn't, it's, I just feel like it's not drawing, it, it feels like, I don't know how to pronounce this word. It's a Latin word that means like from nothing, like sui generis or whatever. Like it feels like it just came from nowhere. Like right. who influenced Morella's Forest uh, or who influenced this record? I couldn't tell you. Like yeah. I can look at, at the thing and be like, oh, Keith Cleversley recorded it. And so therefore uh, the Flaming Lips, I guess, but no, not at all. Like it doesn't sound yeah. anything like anything else that he did. It doesn't sound like anything else that was on Tooth and Nail at the time. It doesn't really sound like their first record at all. Like right. I, I just love the idea of just like, something that just seemed to come from nowhere and believe in itself so much, like believe in itself so much that they didn't care if you could hear the vocals, that they didn't care right. if they played a 16 bar drum solo that was just the sticks clicking on the rim. I think that's so cool. I really do. Um, and it was, it was really a breath of fresh air in that scene. Um, and as you guys said last week too, nothing really explicitly preachy at all. I, I, I often think with this record, that final track, they were like, Oh, we got to put a Bible thing on the title of this one. Right. Right. <laughs> Like, I'm pretty sure there's, I don't know, no Bible stuff in, the, in that song. I don't know. But um, anyway. And oftentimes so I feel like the, the, like, we, you know, all thanks to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in the liner notes is sort of just like uh, lip service to the parents that are like, what is this that you're bringing? Okay. It says that. They, <laughs> and all right. Okay. This, this is okay. <laughs> Do they have that one in the liner notes for this one? I don't have the CD. Um, I don't. Sure I don't they know do the, this one. They the, definitely do on the first one. Not that, yeah, not the, that, that matters, but you know. I sure, mean, not yeah. The, yeah, the the let's see, uh, the the artwork of this record is kind of wild. Um, oh, it's got that little um like space cat with the MF yes. on it. Yeah, yeah, and, that too. It's just so. It's really yep. Dorky. Here it is. Here it is. Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Okay. There you go. That's, that's fine. And most, that's yeah, the most of all, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is is their uh, is their thanks. So, sure. but so and that too. Like I really love that actually. Even when Jason Martin does that, because it's just like I don't care what you think. I'm going to put that on my record. Like that's, yeah. You yeah. Know, it just doesn't. It's it's dorky. It's like there's this weird like Sanrio ripoff character on it. It's it's totally its own thing. Also, I, I will say I've been thinking about sort of alternative masculinities in Christian indie rock lately. Mm -hmm. And I, this doesn't quite fit that, but I'm going to try to make it fit. So I've had some conversation with friends about like Ronnie Martin and what he brought. Oh, yeah. Um, 
We've which, talked about that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and I think I love, I did this thing, I delete all my tweets just because I think you should, but I had I did this thing a couple of years ago where I posted a picture of Jason Martin on a motorcycle and then Ronnie Martin in his like prancy outfit from We Are The Music Makers. Uh-huh. And I was like, if you had to guess, which one of these is a reformed pastor? Right, I know. <laughs> it's like, he, he contains um, multitudes. So that's it's like people like Ronnie Martin, um, Sufjan Stevens, obviously, um, there was somebody, oh, Lee Bozeman from Luxury, like bringing this just alternative masculinity to Christian indie rock. And I think it was cool to be like, yeah, this is a band like a small petite woman is the singer of, but she's in this like male front, you know, male centered industry. That was really cool. And it was kind of, I mean, for what passed, I guess, as subversive in that world. Yeah. Um, also went, so I only saw them play a show once. And I think it was one of those bills that didn't make sense. It was like them and a bunch of other Christian bands that were not even remotely in their genre. Uh-huh. Like there probably there was a ska band on the bill. <laughs> right. That right. was that was every Christian show in the nineties. <laughs> it's like okay, we got this uh, noise pop band. Okay, we got the rapper coming up next. We got the uh, the new metal band. It's like all right, I guess. Beautiful. I mean we're that I feel, it was such a it was like you get a little something for everybody. But I uh, sometimes I feel like tooth and nail had an identity crisis in in this era because they're like signing everything they could and then it's like and then you you're like well what do you do with uh the bands like driver eight or morellis forest or staves right. acre that are all you know good in their own right but they're like they don't really or even joy electric they don't really fit yeah. anywhere they don't fit with a majority of the bands that are on the yeah. label have you heard what brandon ebel calls the 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 cool bands on tooth and nail like that what, what? he calls them cred cred bands oh yes yes yeah. sure. I <laughs> so think that's what joy electric was for them for yeah, sure so yeah so he would sign you know he's like yeah we're gonna put out i forget where i heard him say this it's like yeah we're gonna make money selling mxpx and supertones but i'm right. also gonna sign frodus you know right right yeah, <laughs> so, yeah sure. frodus um, frodus rules they are so they good. they were the tooth they were the tooth and nail uh version of refused Oh, they're yeah, they and they toured, you know, they they were on the Refuse tour. Like they they watched Refuse break up in front of them, Frodus did. Really? Uh, they were on the tour with Refuse where they broke up and then the tour was canceled. So, <laughs> wow. Uh, which is incredible. I know. So Frodus brief side note, and then I want to say one more thing about Reynolds Forest. Yeah. Uh I didn't listen to Frodus very much when I was a kid, but I picked up uh their first tooth and nail record and I would listen to it to pump me up to finish my PhD dissertation. Nice. <laughs> I would drive yeah. to work and I'd be um, just like rocking out. To, oh, the drums are so good on that. But anyway, um, great band. Um, Morales Forest. So I went to see them. I couldn't go to the rest of the show because my band, my crappy little band that I was in was playing our first ever show the night Morales Forest came. Wow. And I was like, I am going to this show. I'm going to go. I'm going to get hyped up to be like, I'm in a band too. I'm going to do this. So I drove to go see Morales Forest. And they were incredible. They were, again, super weird, like um, clearly didn't care what anybody else thought. Um, Sludgy, loud. uh, uh, A lot of their set, like it started with this. I wish I could remember it. Maybe somebody out there has got video of them from this era, but it started with this just like crazy feedback distortion and this kind of like scary, evil computer voice. I don't know what it was saying, but I imagine it, you know, to me, I think spiritually what it was saying was like, welcome to this Morales Forest show. You, you are, this is cool. You're cool. You're cool. You're cool for liking this. You know, like that's, that's what it felt like. But at the time, and I did buy the mofo shirt. So the front said Morales Forest in a like, clearly like just 
click word art on the, the version of MS Word that you're using font. Um, and then the back said mofo number one. That's and awesome. I was I was like, I'm definitely wearing this to my Catholic school tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and my parents, my mom was like, are you sure you want to do that? And I was like, I think it's going to be okay. And my dad was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure it says Moro number one. <laughs> ah. You couldn't quite tell. Right, so you're I like, felt, sure. I felt very, very cool walking into my Catholic high school wearing yeah. a, as we all were in those days, and like XXL right, right. t-shirt for yeah. my 130 pound frame <laughs> that said I mean, mofo number one on it. If anybody had any problem with it, you could just show them the liner notes and be like, Lord and Savior, it's right there. And they're like, okay. So, um, you know, that's amazing. I, this band exists in a really different space for me for a lot of those bands. And I love that they do. I love that they felt their own they were in their own bubble bright orange bubble if you will mm, there, you um, go. there it is it, and I, I like that and i like that they never like if you go to look for where are they now you can't find it and that is so refreshing to me because mm. i don't want to know yeah i mean i do like i do but like i don't want to know yeah i want those people to just have gone on and lived their lives and for this to be a special beautiful thing it's like reese roper said uh years ago on a five iron message board i don't know if you remember this i wish it had been saved he's like i love weezer for the blue album and pinkerton i tolerate weezer for the green album and after that i wish they had died in a plane crash <laughs> oh reese i don't disagree but uh, i'm know, pretty sure that was him way of saying it. i could be remembering that wrong so don't if that's if that's libelous don't quote me on it but mm, i'll um, text him and i just that. i just love that it exists in its own world that's awesome yeah, yeah. totally that's so great to hear yeah. uh p.s what was your band called and can we find them anywhere um yeah. well uh <laughs> or do you want them to be found <laughs> so that band you can't find that was too early on for us okay. to really have done anything outside of some cassette tapes okay. uh so i was in a, a pretty good band in high school called uh boxcar children oh um, cool name that i don't think is online but i have a couple of pop punk songs i could send you that i, I yes pretty, please i think are pretty good i was in a, a more serious band in college that i think in retrospect like it's slightly more embarrassing because of how earnest it was um, that band is called the dandelion method and that is online. And some of the songs are really good. It's just this kind of thing where like, you don't know what you're like, we were all really good musicians, but you're like uh, the joke. I think what I've said before is like, we were all really excited about being in a band, but we weren't sure if the band we were in was Switchfoot, Ben folds, five fish, Rose, or like uh mogwai, you know, it's like, sure. yeah, or yeah. like that or daft punk, you know, it was like right. everybody just was throwing everything they had at that band. Yeah. And yeah. it was a delight to play with those guys because they were incredible and they're still the best musicians I've ever played with, but it's a real mess. Yeah. Well, we would love to hear either band. They both I'll send you a couple. I'll send you a couple of the things that are like the okay. rose to the rose to the top. I don't that. know cool. why boxcar children sounds so were you ever like on any comps or like cassette comps? No, I don't, comps think, I don't think they anything? were. I think there was another band called Boxcar Children, like another pop punk band called Boxcar Children. Okay. Um, uh, and I think in the days of like, because this was like high, the high days of Napster and LimeWire and stuff. So a couple of their songs, like a couple of our songs, got mixed up with that band sometimes. Okay. Um, so it could be that, but I'll, I'll, I'll try and dig them up and see what I can find. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, originally that band was called normal N O R M L, but we ha did not know about the marijuana organization. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, I'm seeing here that there's a anarcho punk pioneer 
banned it's a, the boxcar children. Man, I really that's wish a, that had I been. Think, I think that's a hard times. Yeah, is it a joke? It might be a hard times joke. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but so, it's got the boxcar children. What uh, you're like, saying is our band's, our band's name was so on the nose that it's <laughs> that hard used times. by a satirical yeah, yeah. punk website. <laughs> exactly. Well, cool. well still a cool name. That's yeah. what we were aiming for, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, this has been awesome, Joel. Before you go, Thank we you. would love to hear you talk a little bit about uh, both your books. I know Dancing yes. About Architecture is a new one, but I think Sects, Love, and Rock and Roll would certainly be interesting for our listeners. So if you maybe totally. just give a little rundown of both of those. Yeah. So my newest book is a book about music criticism, but it kind of gets into some mystical things like what is writing? What is music? What is words? Um, and kind of how do those things fit together? And for me, it's it's kind of has a of a vaguely, I'm not a theologian or anything, but it has a vaguely theological underpinning or a philosophical mm-hmm. underpinning of like, why, why, why is meaning intelligible? Why, why is the universe functioning this way? And I have certain answers to those questions as a Christian. But um, so that book was really fun to do. It's kind of a compilation of things I've written about those things over the years. So there's a lot of stuff about why people hate Weezer, but still that's how they show their love is by writing about how much they hate them. <laughs> yeah. um, I have a, a piece about kind of what is it that, what is the function of music criticism? Like, why do we do it? What do we think we're doing when we do it? Hmm. Um, And then I have a lot of just pieces of me trying to get at that by writing about different bands. So that just came out. You can find that on Amazon if you just search for for my name or for the name of the book or on the publisher's website as well. Uh, It's called Whip and Stock Publishers or Cascade Books. And then the first book was probably more what would connect with with y'all's audience. Um, It's called Sects, S-E-C-T-S, Love and Rock and Roll. I didn't anticipate having to say that out loud very much when <laughs> it's I wrote a great it. name though. It's supposed to be a pun. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, so that book is about, yeah, sort of a memoir of Christian rock fandom. So it kind of covers the period of like 1993 to like, let's say 2003 um, through a personal lens. So I'd say it's a collection of personal essays rather than a memoir. And it's kind of just about like, what was it like to be immersed in that scene, to be somebody who was like, I love this music. This is the best. And then to kind of like, uh, step back when you're a little bit older and be like, what is going on here? What is this? Um, but kind of like, I guess it's sort of about like how music just gets a hold of you and shapes you into, mm-hmm. you know, but it's, it's kind of, it's funny. Like it's supposed to be funny. So I think people would, would enjoy it. Um, it's pretty irreverent. Um, and I, what I like about it too, is like every chapter ends with five little like capsule record reviews of just kind of random or obscure records from that scene. Mm-hmm. So it was really fun to just like get yeah. all this stuff out there that I've been thinking about my whole life. Um, yeah. when I wrote it. So I think that, uh, yeah, y'all's listeners would enjoy that book mm-hmm. a lot. So, and yeah, if you go to joelhangheartsy.com, you can find links to buy those. So awesome. Perfect. Anything cool. else you want to plug uh, Twitter handle, any of that? No, nah, not really. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you're not, I know you're deleting those tweets. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thanks so much. Thank you Joel. so much. Yeah. Take care guys. This was great. Thank you. Bye. See ya. Thank you to Joel Hang Hartsey. Yes. For joining us on the pod. Um, Some beautiful PFR to uh, wrap things up there for us. Man, I we we've got to, I don't know, we've we've thrown around different ways to cover PFR in the pod. I think after talking to Joel. After yeah, hearing yeah. about them reuniting for some shows in the Twin Cities this next month. Yeah, man. I mean, 
Got to do it. We got to do it. I mean, pod pod for rain. I don't know. Right. I don't know. Goldie's last pod. I don't know what, 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 we've, what, we've, what we've, we've said before. Yeah. We've turned the- around pod for rain for years now. So <laughs> it's trying true. to make it a reality. It's trying to make it a reality. Um, but yes, thank you so much to Joel for talking about PFR, for talking about Morales Forest and all the rest. Go check him out. Check his books out. Check his writing out. Uh, what a cool guy. Very happy to talk to him. As we mentioned, uh, we'll be back next week with a different special guest. Mm-hmm. But in two weeks, we'll come back and talk that ultrasonic hiss in full and give you our hot takes there. But for now, curious to hear what you guys think about uh, our conversation with Joel. You can weigh in at Magnified Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Follow and subscribe if you haven't already and give us a rating or a review. Give us those five stars. Give us those reviews on Apple Podcasts. We'll read them right on the show. Email us at magnifiedpod at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 872-762-4763-8727. Magpod. You can support us at the Patreon, patreon.com slash magnifiedpod, where Andrew has previously mentioned. Mm. We are welcoming new Patreon punk, Chris Enns. <laughs> Welcome, Chris. <laughs> Glad to have you among the Patreon punk ranks. Thanks for weighing in with that email. We will get to Valor 100. Uh, thanks for weighing in. Thanks to all the Patreon punks, um, as usual, for supporting us. You can pick up some Season 4 merch at magnifiedpod.storeenvy.com. Thanks to Small Step Records for sponsoring us. Go to smallsteprecords.com to learn more. And thanks to Shadow Producer Jason and Bruno at Unoriginal Vinyl for our artwork. Well, I think you hear the voice of the spirit begging us to shut the fuck up. We'll be back to try to make you go astray next week when we'll talk with a special guest. butterscotch boy <laughs> i think i might be i think i might be a, a candy candy necklace kind of boy <laughs> i'm trying to think of what I, are there other boys on this album i can't remember now i don't know you're more would you call yourself a sweet martha's boy i think so. i'm definitely sweet martha's boy <laughs> i'm kind of a big orange bubble <laughs> sometimes i know um yeah. you know so i i do have a confession to make john and I hope you don't I hope you don't judge me too uh, much. But you don't like candy necklaces? <laughs> no, there's nothing there's nothing to not what's not to love about a candy necklace. I mean, other than like you look like a moron trying to chew one with a piece of string in your mouth, you you look like an animal just not gnawing on a piece of string. I know. It sounds but, like magnified pod content. We gotta save this. <laughs> yeah. Uh so at the state fair. I had my first Sweet Martha's cookie. First time ever. First time ever. Wow. And, Thoughts? Uh, and the reason I, I mean, it's a confession is because I knowingly uh, consumed them, like knowing that they are unequivocally not, not vegan. vegan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I needed to, like I couldn't in good conscience not try for the first yeah. time a warm... Ugh. Out of the bucket, sweet Martha's cookie. 
Did it live um, up to expectations? I see they, it's the perfect cookie to me because yeah, it has that because it's still a soft, warm, fresh cookie, but it still has that little bit of a crispy, like yep, yep. you know, that little has that get like that little resistance of a mm-hmm. of that, you know, a little bit so of a good. crisp to it. We're not just big texture when it comes to music. Okay. <laughs> cookies gotta have good texture too, right? Yeah. BTCs. Love those big texture, big textured texture cookies. cookies. <laughs> a better name than Martha's, sweet Martha's. Um, yeah, we'll open uh, up a we'll open up a little cookie stand called well, BTCs. Yeah, we'll have Scott Kerr help us like mix our <laughs> batter or whatever. Um, <laughs> He'll be anyway. the like many people say our cookies are the yellow second bridges <laughs> of cookies. <laughs> so many people say that. <laughs> Such a um, <laughs> such a specific reference that everybody understands. Oh man. Well, I I I accept your confession. I think it was an acceptable uh, you know, putting your your morals on on the shelf to experience <laughs> the delicious sweet Martha's cookies for this. So yeah. I'm glad they didn't disappoint after that lapse in moral judgment. Wow. So <laughs> you're you're accepting my confession, but also uh harshly judging me at the same time you know what that's, happens that's a delta <laughs> stays at the fair who am i to judge yeah i mean i could have i could have just been like oh let's you know i'll also john i was a little i was a little high and drunk so what do you <laughs> so what do you want me to do we're in the clearest headspace you'd already had <laughs> three vegan corn dogs that sort of offset <laughs> you know that's true it's, uh... it's sort of like the, it's sort of like the 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 carbon offsetting of yes, a exactly. vegan a vegan diet like yeah you were owed some many, cookies how many vegan corn dogs do i need to eat to offset <laughs> this sweet martha's cookie and you kept asking that at the stand <laughs> drunkenly but Mar, can i speak to martha is martha is she here? back i know she's back there for more shows like this one visit rockcandyrecordings.com